As you're being seated, open your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We are continuing in our study verse by verse through this amazing letter that Paul wrote to the believers in Thessalonica. Uh, we know that God's word is amazing. Uh, his word never gets old. God's word never misses the mark that he aims for it to hit in our lives. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of his holy word before us. And our challenge is one and the same, and that is simply to do what God says to do, to walk in obedience to his word day by day. Uh, there's a story of a pilot who was having a difficult time landing his small plane uh, due to uh, dense fog that had set in and was covering the runway. And so uh, the air traffic controller decided to help the pilot land his plane by using radar. And as the pilot was receiving the instructions from the tower, he remembered a tall pole that was in his flight path to land and overcome with panic, the pilot began to radio the control tower and tell him about the pole in his path. And the air traffic controller replied bluntly, you obey the instructions, we will take care of the obstructions. I think this is a great motto for us to follow as followers of Jesus Christ. We obey God's instructions, he will take care of our obstructions. As we obey God's instructions day by day, he will remove the obstructions in our way or he will walk with us through the obstructions in our way because he is greater than the obstructions in our way. And we can trust and understand and know that our God is greater than anyone or anything we face in our daily lives. As we obey his instructions, he will take care of our obstructions. Three points of encouragement that we know about God's instructions real quick. Number one, God's instructions grow us. God's instructions grow us in our awareness of God and his greatness and his glory and his grace in our lives. God's instructions grow us in our desire for God and for his blessings for us. God's instructions grow us in our love for God and those he places around us. God's instructions grow us in our relationship with God by faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God's instructions grow us in our understanding of God his word and his plan for us. God's instructions grow us. Secondly, God's instructions guide us. God's instructions guide us each day so that we can live God's way. God's word truly is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Amen. It truly is. God's word guides us. The instructions in God's word guides us to God's blessings and God's best for us. And the third point of encouragement is God's instructions guard us. Number one, God's instructions guard us against ourselves, against chasing our selfish desires, against doing what we want, when we want, the way we want, against giving into sin. God's instructions guard us against the tactics of our enemy, 
Satan and his lies and his accusations, his temptations. As the psalmist said, I have treasured your word in my heart, God. I have hidden your word in my heart, God, so that I may not sin against you. As we obey God's instructions, we reap God's blessings in our lives and in our relationships. And that is what God has for us once again this morning. He desires to bless us through his instructions to us for our lives and for our relationships. Father God, we thank you so much for your instructions in your word. God, they are best for us. And so, Father, as you continue teaching us by your Holy Spirit in us in these moments, may we be quick to listen and may we be quick to obey in your power uh, what you're going to command us to do today. Father, we thank you in advance for your word, your truth, and we ask that you would allow your truth to find a home in our lives and our hearts and our minds today so that we can live it out this day and this week. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Paul is continuing to share God's instructions for our lives and our relationships in this final teaching section in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul shared God's instructions about the relationship between the pastor and the people, the ministers and the members in the local church in verses 12 and 13. Paul shared God's instructions about the relationship between believers, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in the local church beginning with verse 14. Paul wanted these believers in Thessalonica to put God's instructions into practice in their lives, but also in their relationships with one another. Paul used a list of present imperatives in his instructions to these believers in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We know these instructions are for us as well today. A present imperative, once again, is a command for us to obey today and every day as we follow Jesus. A present imperative is a command from God for us, children of God, followers of God, to obey today and every day as we follow after Jesus. So let's look in chapter 5. Uh, we'll begin in verse 14. Paul wrote these words, And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Paul gave four commands in this one verse alone. Warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. We covered this verse, this passage, these commands in detail last Sunday. So if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to Go online and watch or listen to the service from last week so that you can get caught up on all God's truth and teaching in this verse in chapter 5 and in verse 14. These four commands, amazing commands for us to apply in our lives and relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Paul continued in verse 15 and Paul said, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another 
and for all. Paul shared more instructions, more commands, more present imperatives from God for these believers' relationships in this verse. These believers followed these instructions as they walked by the Spirit day by day. These instructions in this passage are for you and me today. These commands, these present imperatives that we're going to look at in verse 15 are for you and me today. We follow God's instructions as we walk by the Spirit day by day. Walking by the Spirit simply means we humble ourselves before God. We know that life is about God, not us. We know God is in charge, not us. Walking by the Spirit means we humble ourselves before God. Walking by the Spirit means we depend on God. We know we can't live God's way in our power, so we depend on God to fill us with his power. Walking by the Spirit means we humble ourselves before God. He's in charge, not us. We depend on God. We can't fulfill his truth and his word in our power, so we depend on God to fill us with his power. Walking by the Spirit means walking in obedience to God and his word. We do what God's word says by the power of God's Holy Spirit in us. We humble ourselves before God. We depend on God and ask God to fill us with his power. As he does, we then stand up and we walk out the truth of God's word by the power of God's Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We live out these truths in our relationships as we depend on God as we humble ourselves before God, as we walk in obedience to God. In verse 15, this passage we're going to look at this morning, we see real quickly that Paul is getting into the believers in Thessalonica's business. He's getting in their grill, so to speak. He says, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good for one another and for all. The truth is, as we look at this passage this morning, God is going to get in our business as well. He's going to get into your business. He's going to get into my business. Because when we come to truth such as this, truth that is specific to our lives, truth that is specific to our relationships, God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, will begin to minister to us in a very specific manner. And he does this throughout the teaching of his word by his Holy Spirit in us. But I believe certainly beginning with this passage here this morning, God is going to speak specifically to each of us. And he's going to begin ministering to us and calling us to respond to the truth of this word. He's going to Focus us in on our relationships with all those that he's placed around us. And so we must, once again, as is the case every time we come to God's word, we must be quick to listen so that we can apply uh, this truth in our lives. So let's look at this passage in verse 15. Paul says, see to it. See to it means literally make sure you do what I am telling you to do. See to it. Make sure. You do what I'm telling you 
to do. See to it as a present imperative. It's a command for us to obey every day. See to it was a command for these believers in Thessalonica to obey in their lives and relationships. It's a command for all followers of Jesus Christ to obey in their lives and relationships, including you and me today. He gets right to it. See to it. And he says that no one repays. No one literally means no one. Not even one. Not you, not me. See to it that no one repays. Repays means to give back, to pay back, to retaliate. To give back, to pay back, to retaliate. Paul commanded these believers. Paul is commanding us today. And Paul said this, see to it that no one, make sure that not even one follower of Jesus Christ. That means to each of us, make sure that this isn't you. Make sure that no one, see to it that not one follower of Jesus Christ repays, retaliates, gets even with, or pays back. And he continues, evil for evil to anyone. Evil here, in the original language, means that which is bad, destructive, harmful, hurtful, and wicked. And so what Paul is telling us is no follower of Jesus Christ should ever respond to someone who has harmed or hurt them with harm or hurt back to them. No follower of Jesus Christ, not even one, should ever respond to someone who has hurt or harmed them or done evil to them with hurt or harm or evil back to them. What Paul is saying is retaliation is not a spiritual gift. That doesn't make the list in Galatians chapter 5. Revenge is out of place in a believer's life. Getting even with those who hurt or harm us or do evil to us should never be practiced by us. Getting even with those who have hurt, harmed, or done evil to us should never be practiced by us. You see, what Paul is saying is we must make sure our relationships are free of retaliation and revenge. Which means we must make sure that our hearts and minds are free of the desire for retaliation and revenge. We must make sure. Now he says, see to it that no one, again, he's speaking to the believers in Thessalonica. We know that these believers will be reading this letter that Paul sent to them in groups and small groups and homes. And so see to it has a collective direction to it. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we must be careful. We must stay alert. We must make sure that retaliation and revenge don't creep into our lives and relationships and into one another's lives and relationships. We need to be on guard for ourselves and we need to be on guard for one another. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. Talking about the church, the body of Christ. 
This command is so important for us as followers of Jesus because one of the first things that our flesh wants to do when someone hurts us or harms us or does evil to us is to get even with them or to retaliate against them. It's almost instantaneous. You've heard of road rage, right? Almost instantaneous. The urge for revenge rises up in us rapidly. The urge for revenge, the urge to get even, the urge to strike back rises up in us rapidly. It's quite honestly natural for us because of our sinful flesh. Which is why God commanded us throughout his word, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We see throughout God's word, this command over and over again. We see in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 22, Solomon told us, don't say, I will avenge this evil. Wait on the Lord and he will rescue you. Solomon warned us against retaliation and revenge. Peter shared in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble. Not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. Peter said, don't repay evil for evil, insult for insult. Instead, give a blessing. Give a blessing instead of getting even with others. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 38 and 39, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Someone does evil to you. Turn from doing evil back to them. Jesus demonstrated this truth throughout his ministry on earth. Jesus continually forgave and blessed those who did evil to him. So we understand this morning as followers of Jesus Christ a little bit more so than maybe we did just a few minutes ago. When we, as followers of Jesus Christ, when we resist retaliation, when we resist revenge, when we resist getting even with others who have hurt or harmed us or who do evil to us, we highlight the power and truth of God at work in our lives. When we resist retaliation and revenge and getting even with others who have hurt us or harmed us or done evil to us, what we're doing is we're giving demonstration that we're walking by the Spirit. We're giving demonstration that the Holy Spirit of God is in control of our lives. We're giving demonstration of the fruit of self-control is being produced in us. We're giving demonstration of the power and truth of God at work in our lives. Which is so vitally important for us as followers of Jesus Christ. In regards to our relationships with one another and with all those God places around us. And he continues in verse 15, and he tells us then, he says, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. But always pursue 
what is good for one another and for all. Paul told us what not to do in the first half of verse 15. Now Paul told us what to do. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. That's what we're not supposed to do. And then he tells us what to do. But always pursue what is good for one another and for all. But here literally means instead. It means now do this. So he says, see to it that no one, that none of you, that no one, not even one of you, repays evil for evil to anyone. But instead, now what I want you to do is I want you to do this. But always, always means always, on every occasion, every time, this that he's getting ready to share with us is to be our daily discipline and practice as followers of Jesus Christ. But always pursue. Pursue means to seek after eagerly. Pursue means to run after. Pursue means to follow after. Pursue means to chase after. Pursue here implies passion, implies intentionality. It implies discipline. He said, but always pursue, but always seek after, run after, chase after, follow after, with intentionality, with passion, what is good. What is good literally means what is beneficial, what is helpful, what is profitable, what is useful, what is good. But always pursue, but always eagerly seek after what is good, beneficial, helpful, profitable, useful for one another and for all. So Paul gives us the scope here of this command, and he tells us we're to do what is good, what is beneficial, what is helpful, what is profitable, what is useful for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and for everyone else that God places around us. And for everyone else that God places around us. We are to do good, what is beneficial, helpful, profitable, useful for everyone. Those we know really well, those we don't know really well. For everyone. When others do harm to us, do good to them. When others cause injury to us, do good to them. When others harm us, do good to them. When others hurt us, do good to them. When others insult us, do good to them. When others ridicule us, do good to them. When others come against us, do good to them. When others seek to do evil against us or speak evil about us, do good to them. See, we are to make sure that we always pursue what is good for one another and for all. And for all. As Peter reminded us, don't get even, give a blessing. Don't get even, give a blessing. As Jesus demonstrated for us, don't get even, give a blessing. Give a blessing. The ultimate demonstration, obviously, is that of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. As Jesus prayed to the Father, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. As he prayed on the cross to the Father to forgive those who were crucifying him. Do not repay evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Remember, as we've seen throughout God's word, God has created us to do good works for him. 
God has created us to do good works for him. We see this throughout Scripture. We know uh, that Paul told the believers in Ephesus, For by grace you are saved through faith, it is not of yourselves, but a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Paul told Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God. Then it is useful, it's profitable for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness. So the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul told the believers in Galatea that let us not grow weary. Let us not get tired in doing good. For we will reap a harvest at the proper time if we do not give up. We see throughout God's word, the message continues to ring loud and clear. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We're not saved by good works. We're saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. You and I are saved for good works. We are saved to do the good works that God has created in advance for us to do. That means God has literally created in advance long before you were even aware of you. Before I was even aware of me. God has created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. So there are good works that God wants us to do for one another and for all those that God places around us. And one of those good works is to always pursue what is good for one another and for all. It's one of these good works. And so we understand and realize when we pursue what is good for one another and for all, we are doing what is best for us and for others, and we're doing what will bless us and bless others. And so we see once again this command, this call from God on our lives, specifically for our relationships and our ability to live out these commands, our ability to obey these commands starts and begins in our own personal walk and relationship with God. It, it starts with that relationship that we have with God. So we must make sure on a day-by-day -day basis, day in and day out, week in and week out, that we're tending to the relationship that we have with the Father, that we're making sure that we're living and pleasing God as Paul has commanded us, that we're making sure that we are living holy lives set apart from sin and set apart to the Savior Jesus, making sure that we are loving one another more and more like Christ has loved us, making sure that we are prioritizing our walk, our time, our relationship with God, our dependence on God, our humility before God, our obedience to God by his power at work in our lives. Because this allows us then to fulfill these commands that God is sharing with us here in this passage, specific to our relationships with one another and with all those God's placed around us, our family relationships, our work relationships, our school relationships, our friendships, our acquaintances, those within our closest family unit, our husbands, our wives, our children. See to it that None of you repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. This brings us to the simple question, the obvious question, the important question, the key question, and that is real simple. How? How? Sounds really good. Can't argue it's in the word. It's from God, I know. And 
It reads good, but how? If you knew what this person did, if you knew what that person said, if you knew what these folks have done to me, you would understand why I'm asking how? How, how, how am I able to not want to get even, but instead to want to give a blessing? How does that work? Because I got to tell you, that's not where I'm at right now. It's easy for us to, to think this way because this is a challenging command. Quite honestly, it's an impossible command for us to obey in our strength, in our wisdom, in our ability. And praise God, he shares with us some, some principles we can practice, some steps that we can take, some truths that we can apply in our lives that will help us and allow us to do exactly what he's calling us to do. So let's look at these. There's just four su- suggestions, four steps, four points to, to apply in our lives. These are four steps you can take away this day and this week to help you apply the command in verse 15 in your life. And in your relationships. Number one, first step is walk. Walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. We cannot obey this command on our own. We must walk by the Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in us as followers of Jesus Christ. When we receive God's gift of salvation by God's grace through our faith in Christ, we receive God's Holy Spirit. God places His Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to do what He asks us to do. And so we are not called to live in our strength. We're not called to do our best, to be the best Christ follower, to be the best uh, Christian that we can be, do more, be more, try harder, try better. Uh, That's not going to work. We must walk by the Spirit. We must, again, as we shared earlier, humble ourselves before God. We must depend on God so that we can walk in obedience to God by His power at work in our lives. We must walk by the Spirit Paul reminded these believers in chapter 4, we covered this several weeks back, Paul reminded these believers in chapter 4 that God had given them his Holy Spirit. As Paul was beginning his teaching passage in chapters 4 and chapter 5, where Paul was teaching these believers and us to live out the commands, the instructions in his word, he reminded them early on, hey, remember, God has given you his Holy Spirit to empower you to do what he's calling you to do. All Paul was doing, and Timothy and Silas was sharing with them what God was calling them to do. And he reminded them early, listen, you can't, but God can. So make sure you walk in the Spirit. And so we know and understand, God will empower us by his Holy Spirit in us to repay evil with good. God will empower us as we walk by his Spirit. The power of his Holy Spirit living in us to give a blessing rather than getting even with others. As we depend on him and walk in obedience to him. You see, as we walk by the spirit, we will not carry out the desires of the flesh, which includes the desire to retaliate and get even. Understand, if you just want to look at some context, you can go to Galatians chapter 5 this week, and you look at the fruit of the flesh, the acts of the flesh, and then you can look at the fruit of the spirit. And they're very, very, very different. They're polar opposites. One of the easiest things, one of the quickest things, one of the most natural things for us to do, it's who we are, it's what we do as, as, as those who have this sinful flesh within us, is to want to retaliate and get even. That's an act of the flesh. So we walk by the Spirit so that we will not carry out the desires of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, including retaliating and getting even with one another. So if we're going to 
pursue at all times, we always pursue what is good for one another and for all, we must make sure that day by day we are walking by the Spirit. We are humbling ourselves before God. We're depending on God. We're acknowledging that we can't, but God, you can. And then we are able to walk out the truths of God's Word. We're able to walk in obedience to God day by day, step by step, by the power of God at work in us because we've surrendered ourselves to God through our dependence on God. The second step is that we must pray. We must pray. We must turn to God so we don't turn on one another. When we choose not to pray, we will take out what's going on on one another. We must pray every day and all through the day. We must pray and ask God to help us when others do evil to us. We must immediately, as we're walking by the Spirit, begin to pray. We must continue in that communication with the Father throughout our day, throughout our night, as we just continue to talk to God and ask for his help and his guidance and his strength and all that he promises he'll give to us. And as we walk by the Spirit, we must pray. When others do evil to us, we must pray and ask God to help us. We must ask God to help us repay evil with good. We must ask God to help us give a blessing rather than getting even with others. We must ask God to help us respond to others his way. We must ask God to put a guard over our lips when others do evil to us because sometimes those words fly out before we can stop them. We must ask God to help us to obey his commands to us. And the great news for us as followers of Jesus Christ, you know this as well as I do, is that when we ask God to help us obey his word, he'll do it. He'll do it. Jesus said, asking will be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knocking the door will be open. For who, whoever asks receives. Who seeks finds. And him who knocks the door is opened. God gives us his word to teach us his commands. God gives us his Holy Spirit in us to empower us to obey his commands. God gives us our brothers and sisters around us to encourage us to obey his commands. And so when we walk by the Spirit, when we pray and ask God, God, would you help me to obey your commands? God, would you help me to always pursue what is good to one another and for one another and for all those that you place around me? God, would you help me to obey this command? God, would you help me to release those negative thoughts, to release those thoughts of retaliation and revenge as I'm going to be around this person in the workplaces. I'm going to be around this person that is, I know, who's tried to do evil to me, that I know who has hurt or harmed me in the past. God, would you help me to respond to them with good, not evil? Would you help me to give a blessing instead of getting even? God will do just that. He'll do it. He will empower us to walk in obedience to his word. And when he does, and when we actually walk in obedience to his word, it's almost like we'll just give God a high five. We're like, wow, I just did that. All right. Yes, the third person could cut right in front of me. Yes, go right ahead. God bless you. God bless you. Let me just get off to the median over here and let you have the whole road. God loves you and so do I. We can do it. When we pray, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. This isn't going to happen, God, apart from you. It's not going to happen. God, the thoughts in my mind, the hurt in my heart, the knowledge of what 
they've tried to do, the knowledge of what they're continuing to do, the knowledge of what they're continuing to say. It's way too much for me, God. There's no way. So, Father, I just humble myself before you. I ask that you would fill me with your power so I can walk by your Spirit. And, God, I pray that you give me the ability to repay the evil that's done to me, the evil that's being done to me with good. And our awesome and almighty God will do just that. He will empower us to obey his commands to us. The third point that we need to take is we need to simply forgive. We must forgive those who do evil to us. We must forgive those who hurt or harm us. We must ask God to help us forgive that person so that we can be a blessing to that person. Forgiveness is to be at the top of our list of things to do as followers of Jesus Christ. If you've got a list of things to do as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a list person, then you need to put up there, walk by the Spirit, you need to put up there, pray all the time, and you need to put up there, forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgiveness is to be at the top of our list of things to do. You see, forgiveness takes the sting out of the hurt that others cause us. Forgiveness allows us to pursue what is good for one another and for all. Forgiveness simply means to let go. It means to release. It means to send away. It means to give it back to God. When others do evil against us, when others harm us or hurt us, when others seek to cause injury to us, we've got a choice at that very moment. We can take it personal. We can grab onto that hurt in those hurtful actions, in those hurtful words. We can take it personal. We can dwell on those thoughts. We can focus on that individual. And as we dwell on those thoughts, as we focus on that individual, as we take those hurtful, harmful, injurious words personal, what will happen is the poison of unforgiveness, the poison of bitterness, the poison of anger, the poison of resentment will flood our hearts and our minds and our lives. Flood our thoughts. And in a moment, we will be focused on what we can say and what we can do and how we can get them back. We'll be plotting the time. We'll be plotting the place. We'll be plotting the action. Oh, okay. That's how it's going to be? All right. I got something for that. In a heartbeat. We must forgive. When that hurt, when that harm, when that evil strikes, we must let it go. We must take it prayerful, not personal. We must focus on our Savior Jesus, not the individual. We must immediately look to Him. Say, Father God, I release that hurt, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to send it away because it's not good for me. And Father, I'm going to ask and trust that you will heal me up. Because, Father, I must forgive. I must forgive. Jesus spoke to us about the importance of forgiveness in Matthew chapter 6. 
in verses 14 and 15, just at the end of how he was teaching us to pray. We walk by the Spirit, we pray, and then we forgive. As Jesus taught us, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. And he began to share with us the Lord's Prayer, a sample, a symbol, an example of a prayer for us to pray. He follows it up, and he says this. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. I want you to look at that passage up there, and I want you to, I want you to search. Because I looked, and I didn't see it. Maybe I'm blind, and you can see it. I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I tried to find in that passage, and I hope you're looking at it. I tried to find in that passage where God said, we forgive others when they ask for our forgiveness. I didn't find it. We don't forgive others when they ask for our forgiveness. No, we forgive others because we've been forgiven. By the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. We forgive others because we need to be forgiven for the daily sins that we commit against the Father. We forgive others because unforgiveness is a sin that hurts us worse than it hurts those who have hurt us. Unforgiveness doesn't work. It doesn't impact the person that hurt us. It impacts us. And the truth of the matter is, when we forgive, we are just like Jesus. When we forgive, we are just like our Savior Jesus, who forgave those who did evil to him, who forgave those who persecuted him, who forgave those who crucified him. As we forgive, we're able to live just like Jesus. We're able to walk as he walked. We're able to demonstrate that we have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus as we forgive. And then the fourth step is we need to pursue good. We need to take that final step and do good. Repay evil with good. It's one thing to walk by the Spirit. It's one thing to pray. It's one thing to forgive, but it's something else to go ahead and now do good. Always pursue good. That means do it. Do what's beneficial. Do what's helpful. Do what's profitable. Do what's useful to others in our relationships. When we pursue what is good for one another and for all, we become the hands and feet of Jesus to one another and to all. We become the hands and feet of Jesus who did good to those who came against him. I love the words that Paul shared the believers in Rome, Paul said, dear friends, don't avenge yourselves, but leave room for God's wrath because it is written, the Lord, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord said, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. So, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. Because in so doing, you will 
be heaping fiery burning coals on his head. Don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. We conquer evil with good by the power of God at work in our lives. You see, God will empower us to repay evil with good. God will empower us to give a blessing rather than getting even with others as we walk out our faith in God by obedience to God through the power of God at work in our lives. And our great and almighty God, he will bless us as we obey his commands. He will bless us as we obey his instructions. He will bless us as we bless others. See to it that not even one of you, not one of us, repays evil for evil. But instead, let's always, always pursue what is good for one another and for all. In the power of God, for the glory and praise of our Almighty God. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of invitation. And I want to.